Welcome to Small Biz Tips with My Connections with your host, Julbert Abraham, where he invites successful six-figure or seven-figure entrepreneurs on the show to share their journey, their failure, their lessons, and tips that can help and inspire up-and-coming entrepreneurs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Tips. Today, I'm here with another legend. All right. She is the secret weapon for women changing the world. Her name is Liz Beth. What's going on, Liz? Hi, not much. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for jumping on. I'm excited about this because you work with women entrepreneurs and I want to know as much as you can share with us today. So before we even get into all this, tell us more about you. How'd you get into this? Great question. So I'll give you the, the short version. Um, uh-huh. I've been working in sustainability and social impact for most of my career. I had a brief stint as a journalist and then I went back to school. And when I was in grad school, I discovered the field of what was then called corporate social responsibility. And uh-huh. I was hooked. I was like, how do I get into this field? Um, Unfortunately, at that time in 2010, it was next to impossible to get into the space. (laughs) There were almost no jobs. Um, So I started asking people kind of what they did to get into Mm -hmm. the impact space. And at that time, everyone told me that they had like volunteered their way into these jobs. Um, So to make a very long story short, I I had an internship that turned into a full-time job in public policy and I volunteered my way into a sustainability role. Yeah, which wow, was, that's pretty cool. A lot was, of people don't volunteer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, basically what I was doing was just like putting my hand up at work to take on anything and everything related to mm. impact. So like I was working on the climate negotiations as part of my job, but I also was like, I'll take on our human rights program. I'll be in charge of like our water reporting, like anything that was related to wow. how the company was doing good. I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> No, that's awesome. I mean, you show initiative. A lot of people don't do that. So I think that's huge. And because of that, it led you to get a position, right? Totally, totally. So um, yeah, so I did, I was able to create my own role as a sustainability manager at the company. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing I noticed in the process of doing so is that so many of the totally amazing badass women that I knew um, in the space, other millennial-ish women who had these jobs, I just watched one after another burn themselves out in this job. Mm. And, mm. you know, I really benefited from coaching you know, throughout my career um, pretty early, which I think was really lucky. Um, but I was, I was just noticing this very specific problem with this very specific group of people. And I was one of them. Like I ultimately left that job because I was totally burnt out and I went on an around the world trip, which wow. was amazing. Um, and you know, when I landed and came back, I, I went into consulting. I did that for a bit. I had another in-house role, um, you know, building a program. The intent was to build it from the ground up. Things went a little differently. Um, <laughs> but basically, I just kept seeing this happen again and again. And when I found myself at the beginning of 2020, thinking about what was next for me, Uh I felt like it was time to start a business where I could work specifically with these women who are changing the world and, you know, help them employ some of the tools, tips, and tricks that I've Mm. learned throughout my career to make these sustainability careers more personally sustainable. Oh, wow. I, I got so many questions. And we're going to go back a little. You said you were a journalist. 
I was right Tell after about that. <laughs> college. Um, so right after college, I got my dream gig. I was working for a magazine that was then the um, mm-hmm. called Miller McCune. It's today the Pacific Standard, and it was working on translating academic research into public policy solutions. Mm. Um, so basically, taking like wonky journal, like literally journal articles, and writing about how they could be deployed to make the world a better place. And it was wow. a total dream. I actually started my first podcast when I was there called the Wonking Week podcast. That's pretty cool. So you're a pioneer in the podcast space. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know if pioneer is the right word because it was like me and garage band, like, <laughs> like putting things out into the world. I do not know how many listeners we had. It was, I don't think it was many, <laughs> but wow. at the time journalism, I mean, even still, I think it just, I needed health insurance <laughs> as a recent college grad. It was not looking good for like the likelihood of me getting a job that was going to give me benefits. And so that was partially why I went back to school. Wow. Okay. So journalist went back to school, then volunteer and work your way to a position that was created for you and then start seeing some of the challenges that women were having. Why do you think a lot of women were burning out? Is it because the load of work or what was going on there that caused that? Great question. I mean, honestly, I think, I think it's a couple things. I think really for so many women doing this work, myself very much included, mm-hmm. we care so much about the work yeah. that we're doing. And it's so existential. It's like not only tied up in like what we care most deeply about, but it's mm-hmm. also like, you know, the future of life on this planet is tied <laughs> up in some of this sustainability work and not to like, you know, make a mountain out of a molehill. But like, I do think the reason a lot of people are drawn to this field is because they want to have a big impact, Yeah, um, but it can be really hard. I mean, I was just talking to one of my clients the other day Um, one, it can be really hard to decouple your identity from this work Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of times it does feel like a calling. And the other thing is that it can be really hard to remember that as much as you love what you do, you're not being paid to care. Mm. (laughs) Now you gotta, you gotta say that again, because I think some people don't realize that. So that's huge. Yeah. Like you're not being paid to care. You're not being paid to lose sleep over this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think yes, these jobs really matter. Yes, it's some really important work. It is crucial. And if you were an accountant who just filled in a spreadsheet and called it a day, no one would be mad at you for not caring more as long as this, this spreadsheet was Yeah, done. the work is done. Yeah. So, all right. I, I got a couple more questions here because you've gone to that role. You've seen what some women are struggling with and you started this coaching business. Tell us about it when you first started, uh, what happened, you know, how were you getting clients? Give us a little more details. Yeah, definitely. So um, it was really cute how I started a business at the very beginning of 2020, right before the pandemic fully wow. I had joined like this amazing co-working space in San Francisco for women mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. I was like doing all of these things to build kind of like the life that I was really envisioning as an entrepreneur. And mm. then obviously, like I think about six weeks in COVID hit at like uh. and San Francisco shut down. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> time, <laughs> to go, time to go back to the drawing board. At that point, I had a handful of clients um, mm-hmm. and it was pretty easy to pivot to virtual coaching. Um 
I think for a lot of reasons, it's actually a lot more convenient for a lot of the women I work with to do mostly virtual because it takes out the travel time, yeah. it, you know, takes out so many pieces. It's good for so, you as well, because lower your overhead. <laughs> totally, and in my travel time as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think pre-pandemic, I necessarily had full faith in the intimacy that's possible mm. over Zoom, but it is so possible. <laughs> I think the yeah. pandemic really forced a lot of us to like, really like experiment with it and discover that. So, so okay. No, no, go, go ahead. I, I got more questions. I'm, I'm just like excited to hear more about this. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So, um, so as far as like initial clients, so I kind of like, I remember I actually got one of my first clients because I had just come back from traveling um, and I was like, I'm doing this, this is happening. I had the first thing I did was hire my own coaches because I was like, if I ah. and the value of coaching, like step one is prove it. Yes. <laughs> coach. And I remember also like, you know, really being, having heard a few times on my trip, um, where I'd made this decision, having heard a few times that like, you know, this idea of speaking things into existence, I'm a big uh -huh. believer in like manifestation and all of that. And so I started calling myself a coach. And I remember I changed my headline on LinkedIn, actually, to coach nice. I had other things in there too. And it was probably within a week that I had just someone out of the blue, reach out nice to job. me for coaching, who was a total dream client. She was exactly to work with. Client from LinkedIn, out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. It felt like such an affirmation from the universe mm. of like, there is something here, keep going. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, you mentioned something. You said the first thing you did after you came from your traveling. By the way, where'd you go? Uh, I went, actually, I spent three-ish weeks in Bali. Um, nice. I had really, yeah, I'd spent some time there before, and I decided that, like, as part of launching my business, well, I wasn't sure at the time if I was going to or not, but I really wanted to reconnect with the divine feminine, and it mm -hmm. felt like Bali was the place to just really lean into feminine energy, and so that was kind of, like, a gift to myself as I figured out what came That's next. Cool. So when, when you mentioned the first thing you did was hire a coach for yourself, um, walk me through that mindset because there's a lot of small business owners that think that they may not need a coach, right? They can figure it out on their own, but you are a coach and you hired a coach. So tell, tell us more about that. Totally. Well, I mean, I will say I am such a believer, like I, you can figure it out by yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. all the information in the world exists. And like, and I am someone who I'm like, cool. And if there is a sheet with all the shortcuts, I would way rather like pay yeah. for the sheet with all the shortcuts than try Absolutely. to figure all of this out myself. Yeah, it's, it's an investment. And I think it's, I think it's something, you know, cause we all went to school. They're like, don't cheat on anybody else. But in real life, the cheat code is the person that did it already. One hundred percent. It's like there is a cheat sheet, and not only is there a cheat sheet, but like another person, and specifically a coach, provides accountability. Yeah. Like I am like such a recovering people pleaser that having mm. someone who I know is going to ask me if I did what I said I was going to do, who's there to like celebrate the wins, who's there yeah. to hold their face if I just want to cry, <laughs> it's so valuable. I really feel like that was just like such. Like it just really supercharged everything I did. I feel like I got stuff done. I mean, I still work with the same coach. She's amazing. Nice. I got, yeah, she's awesome. But I got stuff done in like the first three months that like left to my own devices probably would have taken me like mm. six, five months to figure out. 
it speeds up you know your process of growing your business which takes me to my next questions right you got this thing started right before covid um we all as business owners tons of us had challenges during that time period what were some of your challenges during the covid era great question i mean i think There were a few. So one, I mean, the biggest one was just was economic uncertainty. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, initially doing really a mix of coaching and some consulting work. And when COVID hit, like on from the consulting side, I think everyone kind of just like froze their budgets. Like, we don't know what's happening. We need to like immediately direct funds to like COVID relief and other activities, which is like not certainly not what I was offering. Um, So that was kind of a scary moment where like, you know, I think like it was, things were looking so promising in January in this Uh ESG and sustainability and social impact space. And then when COVID hit, everything just like froze. Yeah. That part was hard, but what was even harder is that a lot of the women I was working with, um, this is like no longer the case now, but at that time, a lot of the women I was working with were looking for new jobs or ready to mm. make a transition. Now I work with a mix of like entrepreneurs and people who just got the dream yeah. job and want to navigate the dream job. But especially in 2020, it was a lot of people who were in transition, whether they intended to be in transition or not. Yeah, <laughs> um, it kind of just happened. <laughs> yeah, and so, and and there just weren't jobs. It was like really like one of the harder job markets. I mean, I graduated at the peak of the recession in like 2009 from college and it felt like 2009 level job scarcity. I hear you because I I graduated in 2008 and and we went to the same thing. Like a role that I got, got pulled out. Like I literally got several job offers. Most of them got pulled back. I'm like, we can't do it. So I know what you're saying. And it, it felt like that for some people. So being able to go through that and survive and thrive to tell us more about, you know, some of your clients, some of the wins that they got working with you. Oh my gosh. So many, it's been, it's amazing. Um, but, and I will say too, I mean, and last year, what was really hard about it was that, um, was that there wasn't really a playbook, right? Like there was mm-hmm. no, like how to pandemic. There was no search <laughs> in a pandemic. There was no, so it was like, no, nah, we there's no nice cheat code. <laughs> no cheat code for that. <laughs> so it was really an active faith of like holding the space. I mean, like, we're going to figure this out together. Like I'm here mm-hmm. for you. You've got this. Um, I will say like last year, a lot of people like in the job search, like, you know, took on some like part-time freelance consulting projects, like as part of the search, mm-hmm. um, but people, I, things really dramatically shifted and many of them got jobs last year in spite of, in spite of the situation. But um, in like January of 2021, things like really turned around. And so mm-hmm. it has been so fun. Like I've, you know, worked with enough for the women that were job searching, worked with a number of women who've landed like multi six figure offers, nice. like jumped up multiple titles, like multiple levels. Um, so that's been really cool. I've had clients who've like been getting featured on podcasts and getting that's like, awesome. you know, invited to speak on the thing that's their dream to be invited to speak on. Um, so some really cool visibility, some like awesome. They have their own clients and their clients have had cool wins. <laughs> so. That's awesome. I think that's, it's huge being able to work with them during the hard time and now seeing the fruits of the labors of working with them, you know, them taking action from your guidance and be able to, to get to that level. I think that's phenomenal. Now, what would you say, right, is that um, one tip 
that you would like to share with any women entrepreneurs, business executives, our audience is mostly entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, you know, that there should be focusing on right now? Yeah, I think, um, honestly, the one thing that I think was the most helpful thing for me in starting my business was having a really, really clear dream client mm. of knowing exactly who I wanted to serve and not just from like a demographic perspective of like age or location, but like what were the thoughts that this person was having or the challenges this person was having or the fears, the hopes, the pains, the goals, and to really be in the head of who my dream client was. And honestly, mm. I think for many coaches, myself very much included, it's past versions of me. It's not, yeah. um, and like in current versions of me, like I work with women who I identify with, not like, you know, in how we think and how we feel. Um, but because I had such a specific niche, a lot of, I had a lot of people, like I have the most amazing community of people around me. And I feel like they knew exactly who to send my way. Mm, wow. Uh, I think I love this tip and I would like for you to go a little bit deeper here because you mentioned that ideal dream person, not just, you know, the demographic, older, male, female, age, you know, um, doing X rising revenue, but their thought process, right? So did you write all these down and then said, okay, this is exactly who I want to work with, like that clarity, kind of tell us more about that. Yeah. So I did write it down, like, you know, some of the characteristics, like, and it was also a process of discovery because I was like, you know, having a lot of, you know, what I call alignment calls, but like calls to see if someone's a fit as a client. And mm -hmm. I was noticing some trends. So for example, many, not all, but many of the women I work with, like have done therapy before, but they mm. haven't necessarily invested in coaching, but mm. there's many of them, like, there's a range, but many of them are open to like a little bit of like magic and spirituality and like whatever yeah. their like actual spiritual background is differs, but they're like very open to like breath work or drawing a card in a session. Um, yeah. So some of those characteristics, one thing that I did that I found so valuable is I actually, and I would highly recommend this for anyone out there starting a business. I got on the phone with people who I thought like might be my dream client. And I yeah. asked them, questions like what are what is the hardest thing in your life right now like what what is your dream for five years from now and the thing yeah. that's crazy is like people will tell you almost anything if you ask yeah. yeah 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 no I think that's fantastic because you did something that a lot of business owners don't do we kind of think this is our dream client so this is the person we want to work with but a lot of us sometimes don't get on the phone and we'll go and create products and services for that client and it's not selling or it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Well, if we had gotten on the phone and asked those tough questions like you're talking about, it would have been a whole different outcome. Totally, totally. And like, yeah, I cannot overstate like the value of getting on the phone and talking to people because like, mm -hmm. and people really want to help. Often yeah. they just don't know, especially when their friend or their former colleague or whoever is starting a thing, they really want to help you, but they often don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so offering like, it's like pretty low stakes, right? Give me like 30 minutes of your time and help me shape this. And people are like, they're invested and they want to see you succeed. And, um, and they're also very wise. Like you're probably surrounded by a ton of people who could be really helpful as you figure out if you're on the right path or not. That's fantastic. Wow. How do people get in touch with you? If I know there's like some women entrepreneurs that's listening to this and like, yo, I need a coach and 
you know, Liz sound like someone that can help me. How do they get in touch with you? What's the process from there? Great question. I think probably the two best places to find me and reach out, um, you can find me on Instagram at Liz.best, L-A-S dot B-E-S-T. Mm -hmm. um, or my website is Elizabeth with an S, D-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H, my last name, best, B-E-S-T dot com. Um, and if you wanted to like chat about any of the things that I'm up to or get on my mail list, like you can do all of that through my website. Fantastic. Guys, definitely check out Liz. She is the secret weapon for women changing the world. And thank you again for jumping on this time. Have a good one, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, Shulbert. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Tips. For more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and connect on LinkedIn and Instagram at Jeff Abe Online. And check out our website at www.abrahamglobal.com.